going to ask you to go to your Bibles this morning in Acts 16. Father, when we open your word, it is just among the most humbling, awesome, encouraging, can't even be frightful things that we ever do. Because, Lord, we know who spoke it. And we know it never changes. And we know it is for our good. And we know that you gave it to us because you love us. Open our hearts. Open our minds. Open our spirits. That your word might come. As you have sent it. I preached it last week. Send your word to heal our hearts. I pray it for the glory of Christ. Let everybody say amen. Just for a brief moment, let me say it's 2020. Our world is amidst a pandemic, and can I also say pandemonium. In the last few months, we have witnessed the loss of lives. To be honest with you, a loss of civility. We have a troubled economy, a shaking world, and literally billions of troubled hearts on this planet. How many of you know everything I said is absolutely true? Questions perhaps seemingly are more than the answers. I will tell you this, the impact is immeasurable. The big question for us today is this, for the church, for this church, for the church of our Lord, for our lives as believers, what do we do? What do we do? I drove up, I think it was Tuesday morning, there were four, there was a truck on our driveway and four law enforcement officers. And I stopped to see about the matter just. First officer said, who are you? I think he deserves to know. I pulled around in front, not the back. Mama didn't raise a fool. (laughs) I walked up to him. This one guy, and he said, can I help you? And I said, I want to know if I can help you. He said, really, who are you? And I told him. He said, oh, no, we just have this and this situation. It was broke down truck, and they were attending it, and it was blocking traffic, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I told this gentleman, I said, I want you to know that nobody in this world is going to back you more than me if you're on the right side. How many of you know, ladies and gentlemen, that truth needs to rule our streets again? Absolute truth needs to rule our streets again. Absolute truth. And I'm not going to walk any further than that except I told him, I want you to know I appreciate your service. I thank God. You may just think this because I have a son that wears a badge. That is not the case. I want you to know that laws are for a purpose and they should be obeyed by everybody. Everybody. Before I get us all in trouble, 
I want us to ask the question, what do we do? And I have searched my heart this week, what do we do? I want you to know the side I'm on. I'm on the side of what is right and what is true. We have destroyed truth in this nation and told for the last 40 years it doesn't exist. There are no absolute truths, which does away with God's Word, do away with God's Word, do away with the law, then nobody's responsible for anything, and we don't have a civil society. We have... What's the word? Anarchy, yes. I've already gone in a direction I didn't intend to go. But I want you to know right is right and wrong is wrong. And you know the difference. I don't care who you are in this world on Facebook and YouTube. You know the difference because there's a God conscious in you. So let's, what are we going to do? I want to talk to us as a church. I want to talk to us as a society. Especially as this body of believers. That I love dearly. And I love you dearly. I love you richly and deeply. I will tell you, I believe that God gives me a spirit to love you more than you do me. I want to go to the anchor. The anchor this morning. And make sure we're anchored. It's the year 51 A.D. Paul and his companions are carrying the gospel into a region. Phrygia and Galatia. I'm about to read some scriptures that I want you to particularly pay attention to this morning because this is shocking to our presuppositions. I'm in Acts chapter 16. I'm going to be reading verse 6. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, watch these next words. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. So I want to stop just a minute and paint a quick scene. Here's God's men with God's answer God's message, and they go to preach it, and the Holy Spirit says no. Verse 7. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. (laughs) Shocking to our presuppositions. Absolutely. Lord, here I am. I've got your call. I'm going and then you stop me. I want you to go quickly with me to... uh, That Paul then received a vision. So look at verse 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding... That the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. To preach the gospel to them. 
God sent or shut the door to a providence in Asia because he wanted to open a door to the continent of Europe. God's purposes, ladies and gentlemen, may not reason to us sometimes. God's purposes may sometimes get us out of patterns that aren't sufficient and aren't working and open a door so that His Word can be efficient and received and understood by people who normally don't hear it. That was A.D. 51. A.D. 52. Paul is in Philippi. I want you to go to verse 12. First portion. Meaning Troas and Samothrace. The next day in verse 11. Verse 12 says, And from there to Philippi. Watch this description. Which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia. The foremost city of that part, Macedonia. Paul and company ministered in Philippi. And the scripture says, if you want to read it, it says some were saved. There was demons cast out of a young lady. And then Paul and company were attacked and placed in prison. What does Paul and company, Silas and some more, what do they do? I just want you to know that you think we've been isolated. Jail may be a little tougher. Bless her heart, my mom's been for three and a half months in isolation in an assisted living home. She's crying the other day kind of to me and she said, Son, I, I didn't know I was going to ever be in prison. <laughs> Look at it, verse 25. In prison, in jail. But at midnight, what do they do? What do they do? At midnight, Paul and Silas were what? Praying and what? Singing hymns to God. Watch this line. Don't miss it. Don't stop there. Watch what it says. And the prisoners were listening to them. I, I want you to imagine singing, and, and and this is not mourning. This is not a morbid song. The 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 mood, mood suggests here in its tint, intensity and the verb tense that these people were singing hymns unto God. This is this is singing in lockdown. This is singing in seclusion. Can I use the word? These people are praising God and singing in quarantine. And out of that experience, watch this, out of that experience, the Word says, we could read it, there was an earthquake and all this happening, you can read that at home. Not only, let me push through, not only did prisoners hear the gospel, but the jailer and his whole family were saved and were baptized into the kingdom of our Lord. I wonder... Church of 2020, believers of what I believe are in the last day, I wonder if God is saying, 
In times of crisis, do not mourn. Do not be sad. Don't try to figure it all out. Here's what you do. I've called you. I've saved you. I've redeemed you. I've purposed you. Look for opportunities. It's the year A.D. 62. Ten years later. Paul is in prison. That, I kept saying prison. That was the Philippian jail. This time he's in prison in Rome. In past times I've shown you a picture of that prison. Mamertine prison. Ten years later, Paul's back in prison. Isolated. About as quarantined as you can get. What's he doing? Is he lamenting his confinement? Not hardly. No. He's praising God and he's looking for opportunities to witness about our Lord. Onesimus was part of that prison sentence and that man was a thief and, and, and a liar and was a sinner. And Paul took the opportunity to witness to him and sent him back to Philemon, his master, read it in the book of Philemon. Don't you, don't you think, Philemon, uh, excuse me, don't you think Onesimus is glad Paul got thrown in that prison? Without it, he'd have never made eternity with the Lord. Perhaps. I just want you to look at that scene a minute. I, I, okay, I'm going to step aside off my notes a minute. I can imagine, I, I'm just going to tell you, I, at some time, Sometimes I'm not near the Christian I want to be. Sometimes I disappoint myself and I cannot imagine how my Lord may see it. Don't you just sometimes get disappointed in your flesh and how you respond? Just being truthful. But I want you to notice Paul is praising God and taking an opportunity wherever it comes in the worst conditions. It's a, this, this prison is underground. It's damp. It's moist. Probably mildew. And he's confined. So I want to reverse it. How would you like to be a prisoner chained to Paul? <laughs> Talk about a captive audience. This man would not leave you alone till you say yes to Jesus. I have to ask. He never complained that the door was shut. Instead, he writes. He testifies. He encourages the church back over at Philippi where he was thrown in jail for preaching to them in chapter 1 and 3. And he says, I think my God every time you come to my mind. Every time I think about you, I thank God for you. How can Paul do this? He's in jail in Philippi, but he says, I prayed for you, I ministered to you. Ten years later, he gets in prison in Rome, and he says, you're in my heart, you're in my thoughts. I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You can chain a person's body, but you cannot chain their prayers. 
In social isolation, Paul prayed, Paul witnessed, he testified. And can I tell you, here, here, even Caesar's household heard his witness and came to Christ, the leader of that region. Then came the climax, Philippians 1 and 12. This was Paul writing back to the Philippians. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Here's point number one. Church of 2020, sing your song. Paul isn't pastoring a large church, and Paul at that time is not a world-renowned evangelist. He made the statement, yet in all these closed doors, God has opened doors, and God has turned out this situation for the furtherance of the gospel. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul believed God was the God of closing doors and opening doors. Even in social distancing, God opened a door for Paul. Listen, God will never shut one door without opening another one. Philippians 4.22 Let me just tell you, it says, "All He writes to the Philippians, All the saints greet you, especially those who are of the Caesar's household. The foremost person of that entire region. I do not understand, to be honest with you, why God shut one door. But I will guarantee you that probably, most probably, had that door not been closed and God opened another door, that the jailer in his household may not be saved. Some of those prisoners may have not known salvation. And when you get over to Rome, Caesar's household may have never heard the Scripture. I want you to know God always has a purpose in everything He's doing. And just because we don't understand it or don't even like it doesn't mean that God's made mistakes, I promise. Church of 2020, this is my second point. Open the door. Sing your song, but open that door. In Matthew 24 and in Luke 21, Jesus talks about the signs of the last day. As a matter of fact, in both of those places, uh, um, both these scriptures have been in my mind for weeks now. God says that lawlessness will abound. If you don't believe that, you're an ostrich with your head in the sand, respectfully, I might say. Did I say that right? Good. I wanted to. Matthew, listen, Jesus said the signs. Lawlessness will abound. And because of it, the love of many will wax cold. We are in cold heart hardened days. But I want to declare to you one thing is certain. God has not been surprised. 
Saints, believers, you and I need not wait till this epidemic is passed or things get better or till they get back to norm because I'm going to tell you I don't think that our previous norm is ever going to be seen again. I think there's something moving in the spirit realm and in this nation and across this world and God's saying, I shut a door, get into this one because this thing's coming to an end. I believe that. I believe that. All over our country, the past three or four months, like us, people have had parking lot church services. How many of you remember the old drive-in movies? Did you get saved in one? I didn't think so. You just have to back up. I've been here so long in an ancient year that I would do every. <laughs> here I am confessing my sin. They used to have the drive-in movie. They would face away from the corner of an intersection so you drive around and see it. But for a little while at a distance, you could see it. And I wasn't allowed to go to movies because movies were of the devil. And I'm not sure my parents were too wrong about that. I'd try to see them. The old drive-in movies. They had speakers and you drive up, you know, and you listen to it. We had, all across this nation, we had parking lot church services. Some used broadcast transmitters. People got on the radio. We had service here on our parking lot. Instead, we used a sound system. Across the nation, those that had drive-in church would honk for amen. Maybe we need to pull some cars in here sometime. That's what we need to do. Or maybe we could get some sound effects. And people, for the, it was amazing. They would honk for amen. And, and for, for offering to be given. If you have an offering, someone would flash their hazard lights. Until the usher got to them. And I saw where some, some ushers would take the offering from automobiles with a basket on a six-foot pole. Six feet. All different from the norm. It wasn't like yesterday. Yet, worshipers still had a sense of fellowship. I remember that day when we were all here. I could not walk up and hug you, and I couldn't shake your hand. But I went out all over that parking lot when service was finished, and I waved, and I walked up and tried to greet people from a distance as they left the parking lot. At least I felt like I had been in worship and in fellowship. And, of course, everybody was inspired by the pastor's message. Thank you, all three of you. (laughs) Church, are we going to moan the closed door or are we going to go through the open door? Our God is arranging the affairs of this present world to unfold upon it a further proclamation of the gospel, and that's our job. 
I'm going to say that again. That's our job. I believe, just as God did for Paul in A.D. 51 and in A.D. 52, I believe God is opening the door for the church into the world so its message can be presented to a world that's dying. I just declare to you across this world, today is a time to consider the urgent possibilities of what God wants to do with your life and your and mine. I believe God will interrupt our plans to accomplish His plans. God will shut down something good to give you something better. One day, the Lord tarries, mark my word, one day, we're going to hear testimonies of how God worked and how He moved in hearts and lives by the hundreds and the thousands during the COVID-19 epidemic because God's Spirit is still at work on this planet. Their testimonies are going to be powerful. So I want to ask you, what's your testimony going to be? Here's my third point. I've just preached it. Boy, you like this because I preach it and then tell you and you go, there's nothing left, right? Church 2020, here's point three. Tell your testimony. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to have credentials. But there's a God in heaven that has done something in our lives. And your friends and your enemies need to hear it. How many of you know that when the scripture says when Satan comes in like a flood, it's there? And the scripture says that when, you, when he comes in like a flood, that God would raise a standard. That's his word. He will, he will defeat what the enemy designs. So I want to take you to just a few minutes. And I've, I've wondered about doing this. So just before service, I ask permission. I want to share with you sometime. We don't know what people in our world, we, we, don't, we don't know what happens in, in everybody's lives. But have, how many have ever noticed that when Satan kind of pushes at you, he pushes more than once? How many of you know it usually comes in bunches? Seems like, I think that's where we get the old idea that uh, Morton Salt said, when it rains, it what? So we think, it's pretty, off, off, pretty obvious sometimes we have one problem, then we have four or five. Something happened this week that I want to show you. Just, And I said, tell your testimony. Last Sunday morning while we were worshiping, as we always do, my son in the drum cage is playing drums. And I know I'm prejudiced, but I think he's a pretty good drummer. You know, he started at five years old across the pulpit when I was associate pastor in Little Rock, Arkansas. Five years old. Quint started playing drums when he was two. He started playing drums like this. When he was two, he'd make those noises. You're welcome for letting me embarrass you, son. Come out of there. I'm just going to talk to you a minute. Uh, so... 
I don't know how many years that's been. A long time. Over four decades, I know. Something happened last Sunday while he was worshiping the Lord and playing drums, and it kind of affected our world. I'm talking about our world. I'm going to just show you of all the things while we were live on Facebook and all that, they happened to turn the camera on and we saw it. And I want to show it to you. Uh, guys, if you will, will you show us that little video? We're going to play that again. And right in the middle of the song, Quint hit a drumstick. It broke and it bounced up and hit him in his left eye. And you see him respond right there. And maybe you saw that. Did you see it? One more time if you can. About a five inch piece or so. There it went. And it hit him in the left eye. So he wiped it, looked over and got another drumstick and went on. You never know what happens in people's lives, do you? Well, it hurt. We went home and uh, we got him an appointment with a doctor the next morning and he had torn it badly and they had to pull it, the skin back down, whatever is the outside cornea, I think. But And then they put a they put a contact lens in it to hold it, and he's been taking medicine ever since. When I got home, because I had just had cataract surgery, I have this medicine. And so I thought, well, it's an antibiotic, and it's uh, Tylenol-3 liquid, and it's a steroid to settle everything down. I doctored, and I went, you know, this has got to be good for it. So I went down and put it in his eye. And then it started hurting really bad. Son, I'm going to ask you to come. Uh, and I'm going to just ask you to... Take it from there and kind of tell your testimony. message whatever so uh, that when the minute that happened this is this is the big deal it's just that and you think it don't like you said I was I've been in this since I was well I was real quick I was born on a Wednesday night my grandpa Brooks his dad came in and I was born at what seven o'clock you were there Yep, no Grandpa Brooks. He was a big fella. He just walked in. He said, hey, uh, wipe it off, clean it up. We got church 30 minutes. That's where it started. Nub was that way, too. We just grew up in it. Uh, but it, it had been a while. I'm trying not to. It's probably my fault. It's been a while since maybe I hadn't seen something. Or maybe I've been busy. My mind's Michelle and I just got through with a big project, and I, I don't it really encouraged me. I told Dad and Mom. I've told some people the story. I told the doctor the story, too. And he's a Christian doctor at the Maryland uh, 
Sister Jeffries and Mom go to him. Uh, but here's what happened. That stick, I was coming around. If you know what a bridge was, a bridge is, we were coming down, and, and Henry, you don't know it or not, but Henry uh, directs me. He does, and he's awful good at it. A lot of song leaders, a lot of uh, our whole life, this guy right here is blessed, knows what he's doing. And his wife and his kids, crazy good, crazy good. Uh, anyway, I, I, he, I, we were coming back up, and he, he'll either give me an eye or I'll watch his guitar like crazy, like I used to watch my dad when I was little. If he moves, I move. I got their six all day long. So he was coming up, and I thought, okay, we got to build up again. So that's in the video you saw. I was coming around, you know. I was pulling back up, and when I come, when they come back into the next course, I pull around, and then I, I bring it back in, and then we go back to a normal, ready, steady beat. Anybody got rhythm out there, you know what I'm talking about. But you, and I was coming around, and I hit, and I felt that and the first name I said was Jesus. It's the first thing that comes out of my mouth. Jesus, in a reverent way. You know, Jesus. I'm like, no, 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 no. And if you don't know, that's the first song of a five-song set. I, I can't go anywhere. You know, I can't whistle. They got me in this aquarium. I can't talk to anybody. You know, Joey, uh, Jojo, Joey Stroud's a drummer. I can't, I looked at him. I was telling him this morning, I, I, when it happened, I looked at him and he goes, eh. I need a drummer, Joey. I, you always said you had my back. God, get up here. But immediately I said, gee, I said, Jesus. And you saw, I can't, I'm fumbling around. I grabbed the other stick. And when I said Jesus, it didn't hurt. Now, my eye water, I was sweating like crazy in there. And I was wiping the sweat. It was getting in my eye. I was coming. And, and it just instant, I felt no pain. There is no pain. And then we got through, I, we got through with that song. And in between that song and the next song, me and Jesus had a talk. Quick. And I'll just tell you what I told him. I said, Lord, I've been right here for you a long time despite maybe a year or two probably 42, 44 years for you too and I, 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 and of course I, y'all know I can sell I'm in sales, I can sell, I can talk I'm a preacher's kid, I said Lord this is not an angle I'm not trying to sell you I'm telling you Lord I, I played for you for a long time, I need some help right now I didn't have any pain. I was a one-eyed, skin-hitting dude there for a little while. We went through those songs, and we went on through, and, and no big deal. I, I didn't feel any pain until I sat down. And my wife and my daughter are looking at me like I had two heads. They're like, what is wrong with you? I got a little issue. This right here is starting to hurt. And Shell said, well, we need to do blah, blah, blah. You're going back up there. I said, you mighty right. I'm going back up there. That's, my, that's what we do. So I came back up, and we finished that. Long story short, mom took me to the eye doctor, went to the eye doctor, and I told the eye doctor the same story. He's a good man. He goes, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, God is good. I said, yeah, he is good. I've never, I'm telling you since the, I don't know if it's just that one time I had that little pain. The doctor's like, oh, are you kidding me? That, you, you don't feel that? I said, no, sir, I don't feel any pain. <laughs> it's Jesus 
first thing I said, the first thing I thought of was Jesus. And then the little talk we had after that. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to tell you is it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, what you're doing. Uh, I started to sing Jesus loves me. I can't sing it now. I'll never make it. <laughs> but, but he loves us. I just wanted to share that with you. And that's, that's, uh, that's powerful. That's a powerful thing. I don't know. I still to this day have no pain. None. The doctor heard that there wasn't any pain and some friends heard there wasn't any pain and on and on through the week. I just want to make an announcement to you, son. You just lost your ticket to ever call me long-winded again. <laughs> That's over. That's done. <laughs> the world needs to know about Jesus. He needs to know, the world needs to know that He's very present help in the time of trouble. Whether the doctor's Christian or not, they need to hear about the fact that God works in the affairs of men. When you're in a restaurant or you're in a hospital or wherever you are in a business, God is using you, needs you today to be the church outside these walls. We're not going to win what's going on by trying to fight what's going on. We're going to win by giving the gospel message that changes the heart of the worst among us. That's what works. It always has. The doctor heard it. The employer heard it. He's telling me that friends heard it. Church, during this chapter, God help us to be enthusiastic Christians. God help us to be creative ministers. I've just been praying, God help us to think new thoughts. We could just use some new thoughts, couldn't we? I have heard so much pain and I've heard so much anger and I've heard all the... I've just got God. I just wish... Give me some new thoughts, Lord. I need some refreshing in my mind and my spirit. I think the church needs to contemplate a new vision. I think we need to do a last day work in the kingdom of God. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we do have the answer. We have the answer to the evil. We have the answer to the result of sin. We have the answer to the woes of society. We have the answer to the needs of this world. And that answer's name is Lord, Master, Creator, Savior, Redeemer, and soon coming King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I want to say this morning, may God open our vision. Do not miss this. May God open our vision to do our part in the furtherance of the Gospel while we have our time on earth.